Chapter 7 Batshit Shiv Shiv's boat rocked slightly under their weight as Jack and Luke stepped from the dock onto its deck. It was a 40-foot sailboat, catch-style, with a fore-and-aft mast, docked in the intercoastal waterway in Delray Beach, only a few miles from their parents' house. As usual, it looked like it could use some work. The paint was faded, and small burns pockmarked the deck where Shiv would lay his joints down. They made their way around the cockpit and took the stairs down to the main living quarters where they knocked loudly. Unbelievable, Shiv said as he opened the door, naked except for a floral sarong. I was just meditating and thinking about you both. But then again, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by little events like this anymore, he said with a slight grin, ushering them down into the living quarters and offering them tea. They sat and did the perfunctory small talk, trying to avoid direct line-of-sight exposure to his junk as he sat cross-legged, his sarong coming apart occasionally as he spoke. This was one of the times the brothers appreciated their new gift and used it to talk to each other in the background. This thing is a tragedy. I can't believe it still floats, Luke thought, referring to the boat. No shit. Jeez, I've got a one-eyed German helmet staring at me through a sarong. For the love of God, tell him to close his fucking skirt, Jack replied silently. They began to relax, settling into a conversation with Shiv that was familiar. As weird as he was, he was damn near family. He'd married their parents and was present at every birthday and family event that they could remember. He was the first one to introduce them to yoga, and even officially counseled them when they woke up from their coma. He was a genuinely happy guy who made a living over the past 30 years doing yoga-influenced therapy sessions from his boat. During the winter season, it wasn't unusual for him to have 10 or more people perched on the deck of his boat for early morning sun salutations, with him walking the deck like some sort of spiritual Ahab, helping to correct the posture of his deckmates and speaking in dulcet tones, trying to relax the ones who were uptight. So, he said, finally pouncing on the lull in the conversation, I knew I would see you and I know you're having problems. Want to talk about it? They were used to him making sudden, insightful proclamations like this. However, this time they were genuinely caught off guard. Spit it out, he said, putting his tea down and packing his glass pipe with the stinkiest weed they had smelled since the Greenleaf incident. It took about 30 minutes for them to tell him everything. They caught him up on Quan's experiment, their life in Las Vegas, Greenleaf, and their unique gifts, as well as the one that was currently driving them crazy. As they recited their story, they forgot how easy Shiv was to talk to. Other than sucking on his pipe and blowing weed smoke out of an open window, he sat intently listening, giving them no reason to think that he thought their claims were outlandish. When they were finished, he sat back and looked at them, smiling intently. Wow, that makes sense, Shiv said, taking an epic pipe rip. What part? There was a lot of shit we just laid on you, Luke replied. 
Shiv started coughing on smoke and laughing. Yeah, you were always the one just to get to it, he laughed, looking at Luke. He continued. The experiment by Quan. That's his name, right? Shiv asked. Both boys nodded in agreement. Did he make that name up or did his parents come up with it? He should really think about changing it, Shiv replied suddenly, predictably getting off track. Who fucking cares about his name? Luke shot back. Jack stepped in to refocus the conversation. You said it makes sense. What did you mean? Jack asked. Shiv looked at them and scratched his head. I would have thought it was obvious. The sudden increase in knowledge. If there was anything the lightning strike could have done, would be possibly an increase in self-awareness, maybe. Possibly blowing up, or at least altering, your default mode network otherwise known as your ego. He paused and took another hit. But the new knowledge acquisition didn't make much sense back then. Now it does. That's all I'm saying, he said, leaning back on the tired sofa cushion. Jack and Luke started to talk, but were interrupted again. You two were doing that when you first came on board, right? Talking to each other in your mind, right? He asked. Well, yeah. Luke replied. How could you tell? I don't know. There was just something that seemed different. Just a weird energy in the space, Shiv said. Jack and Luke had heard Shiv say stuff like that for years and always thought he was full of shit. But looking at the toned man of 70 with his gray beard, beaded bracelets, and sarong, they had the feeling for once there was more to what he was saying. You don't seem surprised, Jack said. Why would I be, Shiv replied, his eyes twinkling. Because this is truly some crazy shit, that's why, Jack said. Shiv sat back and wrinkled his face in thought. Unusual, but not crazy. The sudden knowledge thing, that was crazy. But now that makes sense. Your connectivity, no, it's not crazy. He paused again, as if remembering something. Did I tell you about the five years I lived in India? He asked. They shook their heads no. As you know, my path as a young man was complicated. I went to India during the Vietnam War because I needed to get away. That's where I became acquainted with yoga and found my path. As you can imagine, as a Euromix white guy, it was hard to get a grip on the philosophy at first. However, as they say, seeing is believing. My guru had me study the Patanjali Sutras, and I became very interested in the ones that spoke about powers that could be acquired by yogic practitioners. He looked off into space as if reminiscing. At first, I thought they were fables, ancient urban legend but came to realize those who were deeply connected to self, the essence of their connection to the universe, that the powers they referred to were real. Okay, what kind of powers? Luke asked hastily. You know I gave you a copy of the sutras when you were kids. You never read them? Shiv asked sarcastically. Funny, but seriously, what powers? Luke shot back. Concentrating prana, or life energy, 
for superhuman feats. Being able to know the true essence of a person or an object. An understanding of how events, people, and things are connected. Those types of things, he said. Seems to me your gifts fall in those general categories. Anything about psychic connections? Jack asked. Not specifically, but once you see what these people can do, something like telepathy with someone who's like-minded doesn't seem to be a stretch, Shiv said offhandedly. They sat and considered what Shiv had said. After a few minutes, Shiv broke the silence. If you want to know if there's a way to control this gift, as you call it, then I'd say, yeah, it's very likely you can, Shiv said. Both Jack and Luke flashed a puzzled look. Shiv smiled and sat up a bit. It's just energy, he said, holding up his hand and wiggling his fingers. I'm directing energy to move my fingers. No more, no less. What you have is nothing more than an energy you're not familiar with. It's like having a new arm or a leg that you're not used to using. You just haven't become acquainted with its energetic pathway, Shiv said. It dawned on Jack and Luke that through all the New Age speak, there was something to what he was saying. They could feel it, just knew it as soon as the idea formed in their head. How? they asked in unison. Damned if I know, he smiled, shit-eating grin and taking another rip from his pipe. You know, what's my prescription for pretty much everything? Shiv asked. Fuck, I hate meditating, Luke blurted out. Jack nodded in agreement. You two have always had such active minds. I guess what your teacher did to you in the hospital could have made it worse, but I also think it's possible that getting struck by lightning may have broken down some of the barriers our minds normally put in the way. He paused and thought. Look, if your reality is that you believe every thought that pops into your head and you listen to it 24-7, then your mind will drive you a little crazy anyway. Think of your mind as a sleep-deprived three-year-old, always trying to get your attention. It's that way for most people, even without your powers. But I can't just not think, Jack spat back. Holy shit, Shiv laughed. You can't have forgotten everything. Meditation has never been about not thinking. It's about going deeper, going beyond the thoughts to the part of you who knows the thoughts and observes them, your true self. Once you become acquainted with that part of you and really understand it, your thoughts are nothing more than waves in a pond that you can either pay attention to or not. They're no longer so sticky that they pull you in. When you're able to focus on the knower of your thoughts, then you won't have to wrestle your connection into submission. You'll know what it is and how it serves you. I have a feeling this is not going to be as hard as you think it will be, Shiv said. It was almost as if they could hear the gears of their own minds clicking into place. It dawned on them for the first time, Shiv wasn't so crazy after all. Maybe they weren't as fucked up as they thought. They'd been living their lives as victims of a lightning strike, and victims of Quan's experiment. 
taking monetary advantage of what they euphemistically call gifts without realizing what they truly were. Come on, let's give it a try, Schiff said excitedly as he arranged the sofa cushions to meditate. For the first time they could remember, the brothers were actually excited to sit quietly and meditate. They sat for an hour while Shiv chanted beside them, slowly tapering off. They fought the urge to get up and wrestled with their body's desire to move, knowing it was nothing more than their mind trying to find a way to keep them from exploring the stillness. After twenty minutes, they reached a place they'd never been before, experiencing calm like no other. After thirty minutes, they reached a place where words were hopelessly inadequate. For the first time, Jack was able to view the contents of his mind as an observer, making no judgments or becoming immersed with what he saw. Luke experienced the same calm and inventoried the file cabinets of his mind with equal measure, as the dark gave way to shimmering dust-like particles he could see flowing from his mind to his brother's. It was a beautiful light show, a data stream with all of Jack's thoughts and experiences intertwined with his own. Jack saw the exact same thing. As they both observed the phenomena from a distance, it became clear whose thoughts were whose and a gradual unwinding began. They sat for the next thirty minutes in awe, observing everything, thinking about nothing. After an hour, their eyes flew open and they looked at Shiv's smiling face. They both tried to speak, but neither could find words that made sense. Shiv just put his hand up as if to quiet them. There's nothing to be said, he said laughing. You saw it. I could tell. I saw it. They sat laughing at the absurdity and sheer wonder of it all, temporarily forgetting everything that had happened to them over the last ten years. Just happy for once, they felt truly at peace.